Hello, everyone, and welcome to the August 3rd edition of WorkComp Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Folson, attorney with Floyd, Scarron, and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get started with our crime report. A criminal complaint has been filed by the Orange County District Attorney against a Costa Mesa police officer for allegedly committing insurance fraud. 30-year-old Ryan Patrick Natividad of Corona is charged with one felony count of insurance fraud and one felony count of making a fraudulent statement. Authorities allege he presented a false insurance claim and made false material statements related to that claim. Natividad is accused of reporting a work-related injury to his employer last September. He is accused of falsely claiming he had struck his fist against a wall when attempting to prevent an arrestee from stumbling into that wall while escorting him from the police vehicle to jail. He was subsequently directed by the Costa Mesa Police Department to seek immediate medical attention. Then, City internally investigated Natividad's workers' compensation claim and uncovered evidence contradicting his account of how and when the injury occurred. If convicted, Natividad faces a maximum sentence of six years in jail. In 2012, the U.S. Justice Department announced that drug maker GlaxoSmithKline agreed to plead guilty and to pay $3 billion to resolve its criminal and civil liability. That case arose from the company's unlawful promotion of certain prescription drugs, its failure to report certain safety data, and its civil liability for alleged false price reporting practices. The resolution was the largest health care fraud settlement in U.S. history and the largest payment ever made by a drug company. But that was not the end of trouble for the global health care giant. It was then fined a record $483 million for corruption in China last year and is facing new allegations of bribery in many other countries. GlaxoSmithKline confirmed it was looking into the latest claims of improper payments in Romania set out in a whistleblower's email sent to its top management. The company was already probing alleged bribery in Poland, the United Arab Emirates, Lebanon, Jordan, Syria, and Iraq. The latest allegations say GlaxoSmithKline paid Romanian doctors hundreds and in one case thousands of euros for prescribing its medicines. According to the email, the doctors were notionally paid for speaking engagements, but in three out of six cases, including the most highly paid one, they did not give any speech. The other three medics gave only one speech each, despite receiving multiple payments. GlaxoSmithKline also provided doctors with many international trips and made payments to them under the guise of participation in advisory boards, the email said. The China scandal hit GlaxoSmithKline's sales in the country, although reported quarterly results show its Chinese business was stabilizing. 
The Romania whistleblower email will be passed on to the U.S. Department of Justice and the Securities and Exchange Commission, which are investigating the company for possible breaches of the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. An SEC program provides cash incentives for whistleblowers to report corporate violations. And in regulatory news, the WCIRB reports that three years after SB863, comp costs are again climbing. The WCIRB report says the 2012 reforms have saved billions of dollars, but total medical costs have continued to increase, with the average medical benefit per claim 90% above the national median. Changes in medical care protocols have been a source of political friction ever since the reform bill was passed over the objections of medical providers and attorneys who represent injured workers. The report says that despite steps to curtail costs, total premiums paid to workers' compensation insurers hit $16.5 billion in 2014, up from $14.8 billion the year before. California employers pay 27% of all workers' compensation premiums in the nation. However, the premium jump reflected not only higher rates being charged for rising costs, but increases in the number of Californians on payrolls as the state has recovered from recession. Premiums dropped to as low as $8.8 billion in 2009 at the depths of the Great Recession before beginning to rise again, leading to SB 863 in 2012. Overall, California employers, the report said, are paying an average of $3.07 in insurance premiums for every $100 of payroll, less than half of the high watermark of $6.29 per $100 of payroll in 2003, but up from $2.94 in 2014 and a sharp jump from the lowest recent level of $2.10 in 2009. California has by far the highest costs in relation to payroll of any state, almost twice the national average. Employers in the transportation and utility industries pay the highest premiums, an average of $14.28 per $100 of payroll, followed by construction at $12.95 per $100. The lowest average premium is just $0.84 per $100 is paid for office clerical workers. Medical treatment is the largest single-cost factor in the system, pegged at $6.6 billion, followed by cash benefits to disabled workers at $4.5 billion. Each year, the California Chamber of Commerce releases a list of job killer bills to identify legislation that it claims will decimate economic and job growth in California. The Cal Chamber tracks the bills throughout the rest of the legislative session and works to educate legislators about the serious consequences these bills may have on the state. The 2015 legislative session will soon close, so what remains of the 2015 job killer list of proposed legislation? Well, as of July 17, 
the deadline for bills to pass policy committees and move to the floor, seven Senate job killer bills and two Assembly job killer bills remain active. Surprisingly, none of them pertain to workers' compensation. And one bill, AB 359, has been sent to the governor for signature. The proposed new law alters the employment relationship by requiring any successor grocery employer to retain employees of the former grocery employer for 90 days and continue to offer continued employment. The law was supported in part by a 2014 study by the Food Labor Research Center at UC Berkeley titled Shelved, How Wages and Working Conditions for California's Food Retail Workers Have Declined as the Industry Has Thrived. Other labor-related bills that are still active but not passed include SB3, which would increase the minimum wage by $3 over the next two and a half years with automatic increases thereafter tied to inflation. Also pending is SB 406, which would significantly expand the California Family Rights Act by reducing the employee threshold from 50 to at least 25 employees and expanding the family members for whom leave may be taken. The bill would provide a California-only separate 12-week protected leave of absence for both small and large employers to administer. AB 465 would preclude mandatory employment arbitration agreements. But the Cal Chamber says the proposed law is likely preempted by the Federal Arbitration Act, even if passed. The remaining seven job killer bills are not directly related to employment law issues, but nonetheless are targeted by the California Chamber for driving up costs. There should be no workers' compensation surprises, as was the case in August 2013 with SB 863. But then again, the industry did not know SB 863 was in the pipeline until the very last week. The DWC has posted a new report that claims impressive progress on SB 863 goals and confirms that the reforms are on track. Labor and Workforce Development Secretary David Lanier reported that employer costs are under control and injured workers' benefits are increasing. And he says, while there is ongoing work to reduce delays and improve the system, overall the progress is impressive. The report also claims that workers' compensation costs for employers have dropped. Last May, the Department of Insurance adopted advisory pure premium rates, which on average were 5% less than the prior industry rate. And benefits for injured workers have also increased. The minimum weekly benefit payment for people with permanent disabilities has increased from $130 to $160 a week and the maximum has increased from $270 to $290 a week. Also, the Return to Work Supplement Program, which provides a one-time $5,000 supplement to eligible injured workers, became effective in April 2015. As of June 30th, the DIR had issued 434 checks totaling over $2 million. 
SB 863 also created an independent medical review program in which physicians use evidence to determine the necessity of requested treatments. DIR Director Christine Baker said that the progress made since the passage of SB 863, which allows medical rather than legal experts to make medical decisions, is very encouraging. Additional key findings of the report include... IMR decisions are being issued well within the 30-day statutory time frame from receipt of medical records. <clears throat> Lien filings have decreased by approximately 60%, estimated by the WCIRB to be a savings of $690 million. And SB 863's revisions to the MPN program went into effect a year ago. Since then, more networks have been approved and they are also now more accountable to the DWC. Physician listings must be updated quarterly and if a provider leaves the network, they are required to give 45 days notice. And the revised access standards require an MPN to have at least three available physicians from which injured workers can choose. And in medical news, when drug manufacturers become aware of serious complications, they are supposed to disclose these issues to the FDA more quickly than they would for minor problems or complications already described on medication labels. But a new study published in the Journal of the American Medical Association claims that drug companies fail to report roughly 1 in 10 serious and unexpected medication side effects on time. Drug manufacturers are also less likely to disclose serious adverse events within the 15-day window when patient deaths are involved than when complications aren't fatal. This is the first study to empirically examine the extent of delays in reporting. Researchers point out that timely reporting of adverse drug events is critical for ensuring patient safety. Overall, 160,383 serious adverse events, or 10% of reports, were not disclosed by companies within 15 days, including nearly 40,500 reports involving patient deaths. The researchers suggest that Encouraging clinicians to report side effects directly to the FDA instead of to manufacturers might ease delays. The FDA has the ability to suspend drug sales or withdraw approval for unsafe medications, a tool that might also be deployed when companies fail to report serious side effects in a timely fashion. And doctors also need to disclose known side effects to patients, a step that's often skipped when patients are being recruited for trials, a separate study in the journal points out. About one-third of FDA-approved drugs carry what's known as a black box warning, highlighting side effects that may be fatal or cause serious illness or disability. Two more of the nation's biggest health insurers are moving to merge, raising the possibility of a potential fight with antitrust regulators. Anthem said that it has agreed to buy Cigna for $48.3 billion, finally striking a deal after nearly a year-long pursuit. 
Anthem intends to create a new giant in the sector, gaining greater scale and considerably cutting costs by merging with its rival. But the proposed transaction coming three weeks after Aetna said it would buy Humana for $37 billion could shrink the number of major companies in the health insurance industry from five to just three. And that could mean fewer options and higher rates for consumers and the employers that provide health insurance. The question now is whether government officials will allow that level of consolidation to pass. The United States Department of Justice and the Federal Trade Commission have become more assertive about challenging merger combinations in recent years, according to analysts and industry experts. Together, Anthem, which runs Blue Cross, plans in 14 states, and Cigna, which offers insurance plans through employers, would have around $115 billion in annual revenue. Cigna also has 24 million behavioral health customers, nearly 14 million dental care members, 8 million pharmacy benefit plan members, and 1.5 million Medicare Part D pharmacy customers. Peter Lee, the executive director of California's Health Benefit Exchange, said the mergers of health plans could counterbalance the growing power of health care providers. He said he is far more concerned about the consolidation of hospital and physician groups than the consolidation of health plans. And in other news, the California Workers' Compensation Institute is moving to a new address in Oakland and relocating to newly remodeled space at 1333 Broadway, Suite 510. The new suite of offices is directly upstairs from the 12th Street City Center BART station and is across City Center Plaza from the Institute's current location at 1111 Broadway. The CWCI president, Alex Swerdlow, says the new offices offer a more efficient and flexible floor plan and the CWCI is very pleased to have secured space at the city center, which is convenient, easily accessible, and which has become a hub for many key organizations within the industry. The Department of Industrial Relations, the Division of Workers' Compensation, the Workers' Compensation Appeals Board District Office, the Workers' Compensation Insurance Rating Bureau, and the Commission on Health and Safety and Workers' Compensation are all now located within walking distance of the Oakland City Center. The Institute will retain its current phone number following the move. And that is all of our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and special reports using your iPhone, iPad, iPod, or Android device by searching for the WorkComp Academy with your podcast software. Again, I'm Renee Foles, an attorney with Floyd, Skarin, and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today, and please drop by again next week for more news.